These days there's no shortage of Nissan GTRs pushing 2,000, even 3,000 horsepower. But of course all of that power is useless if you can't get it to the track. And this is where managing the power delivery or the torque delivery is so critical. So we're here with Tony Palo from T1 Race to talk about how that's managed in the Motec M150 ECU. Welcome to High Performance Academy's Tuned In Field Report podcast series. In these special midweek episodes, we look back through our archives to find the best conversations we've had through years worth of attending the best automotive events across the globe. We've pulled the audio from these tech-filled interviews with some of the industry's most well-known figures for you to enjoy as a quick hit of insider knowledge. So Tony, the more typical way of managing torque in a turbocharged car is really by adjusting the boost targets and often this is done as the car goes down the track. Uh, with the M150 package it's quite different in the way the ECU actually works in that it's what's referred to as a torque based ECU. So can you tell us what the differences are between a torque based system and a conventional ECU? Yeah, so... Uh, almost any new car on the road now is a torque-based system. Uh, it offers a lot of advantages. Whatever the reason is that you're limiting power or torque, uh, it, it all boils down to torque, whether it's uh, the engine or transmission failing or traction. It all comes down to torque. And so if we can maintain torque flat to redline, we can have a lot more horsepower than a typical torque curve that just peaks and falls. So uh, the M150 for the GTR incorporates a full uh, torque-based uh, strategy that works really well. So it'll control... Uh, throttle and or boost to meet your torque limit. It's a torque limit based on gear, speed, driver switch, whatever you want. Now, one of the reasons that is critical, even in a relatively modest powered GTR, is because the torque needs to be modulated for the transmission to shift. Is that correct? So there's different things. So we we control torque under power, uh, typically just for traction. Or if it's uh, we're, we're uh, knock limited, maybe we're on 93 octane and the turbo can make a lot more. Uh, but then there's also the torque reduction strategy that has to happen on the shifts. So the way it works on these is the TCM sends a request for torque reduction. And we have the option to fully listen to that request and obey that request. Or uh, at higher torque levels, when we're making more torque than the TCM is, is kind of programmed for, um, then we take over to a full M1 strategy on that. So we'll use the TCM request uh, in full at lower torque. So drivability is just like stock. And then at higher power, uh, we have a threshold above you know, 500, 800 foot-pounds of torque. We go to a full M1-based strategy that is initiated by the TCM requesting, and then it's all on board in the M1. Now, in terms of the tuner's aspect, this sounds like it could be quite complex tuning uh, all of the associated data or tables r related to that. So um, does that make it any more difficult, or is this all handled automatically in the background by the MoTeC? Uh, it, it gives you more control. Sorry, I'm talking about more in terms of just tuning the actual engine, so fuel and ignition strategy. So when you're actually on the dyno, uh, do you need to tune a torque table to tell the ECU for a given throttle position or boost pressure versus RPM how much torque the engine is actually producing, or is the ECU calculating or modelling that in the background? It's, it's calculating and modelling all that. So it's primarily looking at your engine displacement and your volumetric efficiency. Um, it assumes you're at MBT. So if you've got 10 degrees of timing out of it and it's making a lot more torque than it thinks you're making, there are compensation tables that you can go in if you find that the dyno doesn't agree with this, uh, you know, maybe the, the V table's off a little bit, whatever it is, 
you can make it as right as you want. For most cars, um, as long as you're as long as you're keeping torque reasonably flat, everything's going to work well. It's, it's not super critical that it's it's accurate to, to 50 foot pounds because you know we're not doing this going oh I know I can't go past this number so if it's if it's working well and it's in within 30 or 50 pounds it's going to work the same as if it wasn't I'll just elaborate on what you talked about there for those that maybe uh, that's new to so MBT timing so that's where we're making maximum torque so the ECU in this case the M1's just assuming that we're always at MBT timing and a lot of OE applications that use torque modelling they'll actually have uh, a modification to the torque that's calculated based on how far away from MBT timing we are so in this case that's not happening in the M1 as you say not really essential for the way you use it so once it's actually tuned once you've got the car off the dyno let's talk about some of those advantages with the torque based ECU. So how are you then manipulating the torque output as the car goes down the track? How did, what access have you got? What control have you got over that? Uh, I typically do torque by gear because the reality is the second that gear changes, you've changed the torque to the tire and you can have more boost. And uh, gear recognition is something that happens instantly on these. So as soon as it uh, changes gear, it shoots up to the new torque limit, assuming you were uh, reducing torque for traction. Um, It'll control boost. When you're going down the track, it's always going to be boost control. You're at high enough boost. Um, I set them up, you know, launch control and traction control are always active. If I'm not at full torque and it's not spinning, then it needs more, right? So I want it, I want it to be touching traction control here and there in every gear. It, it, when when you're just coming into that traction control just very slightly, it means you're right on that, that limit of the available traction? Sure. If you're, if, you're, if you're not spinning and you're not at full power, the car can go faster. Now, in a, a lower sort of power application as well, you've mentioned the fact you've got the ability to use boost and or throttle control. So obviously, if you're at a position where you're already below the minimum uh, wastegate spring pressure, uh, we can't use boost control to drop the boost any further. So this is where the, tra the throttle control, I should say, strategy comes in. So can you talk to us about how that works? Uh, so you're going to be 100% on the pedal, and the ECU will, you'll have your torque limit, and as torque approaches that, uh, it'll just roll back the throttle to maintain torque there. And, you know, a typical, this car, for example, makes 1,500 horsepower. Um, I can run it at 700 foot-pounds of torque, and it'll, you know, it'll be at 15% throttle position at, at high RPM, um, but it, it'll hold it nice and steady. Look, it's um, really impressive, the, the advances we've seen in these aftermarket ECUs, and obviously this is why we're starting to see these cars go faster and faster. So thanks for the time to give us some insight into how that all works, and we'll let you get back to tuning. Thanks, Tony. Cool, thanks. If you enjoy this podcast, please feel free to leave us a review on whatever platform you've chosen to listen to it on. It goes a long way to helping us get the word out there. All these conversations and much more are also available in full on our High Performance Academy YouTube channel, so make sure you subscribe.